love me, love me, say that you love me, fool me, fool me, go on and fool hey, Matt, me. Matt, 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 Matt. Me. Hey, what? Matt, what? Why, why are you singing that music, man? It's, it's, that's not what we're all about. Are we still doing a ska podcast? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Uh, fine. Hit the ska music. On the upbeat, it's time to move your feet. On the upbeat, so come on and dance with me. Because life is bitter, life is sweet. And it's got you on the edge of your seat. But you know that life is better. It's always better on the upbeat. This week, we discover that Goldfinger is actually a gold thumb. Stay tuned. Cause life is bitter, life is sweet, and it's got you on the edge of your seat. But you know that life is better, it's always better on the upbeat. Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt. I'm RJ Phoenix. This is your favorite ska podcast out of every ska podcast. Don't even try to pretend. And we have a killer, killer episode today. And yes, it's the first episode of 2023. Uh, oof. Uh, <laughs> not, not, I mean, uh, last week. We had a break. And, what, last week? Yeah, oh. me, me and the big big G. There was a... There Going was a, Austriano. Yeah, there, we totally There did was a, a weird show that showed up in our stream, but it didn't have uh, our theme song. And then they talked about X-Men for like 40 minutes. So, I mean, really, we really need to drill down on who would be in a Krakow and ska band. I think that's important information that people want to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of like ska conversation I can't have. I just I just don't make those connections with characters, even if you did it of the, like even if you did it of Star Wars characters and then just the sort of original trilogy characters, <laughs> I would still be like, I don't know. This seems like a weird conversation. <laughs> Or I would just go, I don't know, the band in the cantina. <laughs> like, they're the Scott, they're, they used, didn't we, someone made that joke, like they, they used to be a ska band or something. On oh, show. yeah, I've seen that joke. And what would a ska band be called in the Star Wars universe? Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it would be called Hyper Ska. That's exactly what I think it would be called. Come on. They'd be the Tatooine <laughs> Scott Jizz Orchestra. <laughs> Uh, all right well we do have a guest this week uh who we will be chatting with in a little bit uh but uh due to some technical difficulties uh we we had to redo this intro so (laughs) we totally lost uh this sky news and a good chunk of the interview but we were able to recover uh so just stay tuned. You'll get to hear me and Matt talk to uh, everybody's favorite holophonic, Mr. Eric Dano. And I cannot wait uh, to share that interview with all of you because it was a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, RJ, how um, how has your time been? Uh, we haven't really talked Oof. much. Yeah. Yeah. Usually when we talk on the, our little Twitter messages and text messages back and forth. It's all ska based, uh, not so much personal, but uh, so I, I went to a big AEW wrestling show and I found out my limit of watching live wrestling is about three ish hours. Uh, They recorded at least four and a half hours of wrestling that day. Wow, you uh, you clearly tolerate wrestling more than I do. Oh, Um, it's you know, it's it's when you have somebody in your life that that loves it. Sure. And you love them. You know, you, it's part of it is their excitement and to see how excited they are when things happen. Uh, recently, Adam Cole came back and we were there for it. And my wife was going friggin' nuts. And it was really, really great. To I don't see. know who that is. Yeah, Matt, you should. He's, he's he rules. Uh, but yeah, uh, when we we're getting to the end of uh, the episode of Rampage, which was the last one taped, there's this really great match. With uh, Ruby Soho, who I think is a great wrestler and fun. And, you know, she's this disgusting. And I recognized that it was great. I was sitting there watching it live happen. I could barely even muster like a woo or a clap, mainly because I that was about an hour past (laughs) what I can do in one sitting. Yeah. Three hours of because I do know enough about wrestling to know it's very high energy. So, yeah. Yeah. Three hours of like, yeah, like yeah. you get tired. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And like the last thing, because the two hours was actually live when on the air and the rest was all taped for later. Um, yeah, the end of the live show was such a big thing, too, that it was really hard. <laughs> Like it was like it was very much a stand up the entire match kind of uh, thing. Uh, so it was hard to to keep up the energy because I just felt like I expended so much with Adam Cole's return and then that trio match and then Danhausen came out. And yeah, it, it was a lot going on. And so I was I was I was tired. I was tired. How about you, Matt? It's been about a month. What's been going on with you, buddy? Uh, nothing. Nothing. And in that entire. Cool. Month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just. just we signed off about mid-December, and then nothing for Matt. Not, no Christmas, not, no New Year, nothing. Christmas? What is that? Um, no. <laughs> um, on that, on the Christmas front, we got a dog for Christmas. Um, oh, what's the puppy's name? Wesley. And okay, nice. Wesley nice. is definitely not a puppy. Uh, Wesley is two. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I still a- got that puppy energy still. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's definitely. Uh, if I guess, if you would say, uh, if we put it in human terms, it's probably... like a teenager, right? Like fourteen-ish. Um, no, more adolescent, more like, you know, probably, you know, I guess if we go with the doggy years and seven. So yes, so, <laughs> <laughs> math is hard, folks. So I guess somewhere in that teenage All range. Right. Yeah. Um. So yes, yeah, still a lot of energy, but. A really calm dog, actually. That's good. Com- complete polar opposite of uh, the last dog I owned. Does not jump up on people. Does not get too like crazy, like sniffing people. Yeah. Like, Oof. Yeah. I'm doesn't jump up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so, but on the other end of that, also has uh, freaks out when everyone leaves the house. So. Aww. We come back and stuff is kind of messed up and destroyed. So ooh, we, ooh. I, I hate to say crating, but yeah. Oh, well, that's what we do when we leave. Yeah. The dog has gotten out. Oh, no. <laughs> Wesley. Uh, ooh, you smart little bugger. <laughs> yeah. And, and like we've zip tied it and locked it still just finds a way to. We are one thinking about a different cage because this cage like foldable. So it, it does have like openings. Uh, so we're thinking maybe of getting a non-foldable one. Uh, but also we are we just today we ordered a um a, a what they call a thunder vest. Oh yes, yes, yes. We yeah. we have one for Ramona, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um it I guess thunder is also supposed to be a reference to dogs don't like lightning or some dogs. Yes, don't fireworks, lightning. Yeah. But uh it does seem to have uh some of the reports I read up on it seem to it also helps with like the you know uh anxiety. Hey, yeah, it could have a comforting effect for the animal. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um so yeah, and then the other thing, uh and I'll try to keep this short because it, it it can be a very long, complicated story if I get too much into it. But my wife, uh, did she has been sick since October, and she kept going to the doctor and, and even the ER at one point uh, because she basically she kept getting diagnosed as having like um, a, a sinus infection. And they kept giving her antibiotics, but she's like, no, this keep, this is lasting way too long to just be that. And, um, you know, and they, you know, the, when she went into the ER somewhere around November, they took a CT scan of just like the top of her head. And then finally she got in, um, in sometime in December, saw an ear, nose and throat doctor, and that doctor checked her out. It's like, well, I want a CT scan. And she's like, well, the ER took one. And then they looked at the ER one and they're like, well, it's not of your whole face. So I can't really see your nose. And I think that's where the problem is. And that's the kind of doctor I am. So that's what <laughs> I want to see. Yeah. So, so he orders his own one that eventually happens like early January. And then my wife, um, they basically realize she is leaking brain fluid yeah. or technically called seminal fluid. And, uh, and so that's not supposed to happen. You do have liquid in your brain and it is not supposed to leave your brain. So uh, if that's ever happening, <laughs> go to the ER, go to yeah. a doctor. 
Um, cause it can have, it can be a huge, huge problem. And so she had emergency surgery and surgery took five hours and she was out after surgery was out a couple days later and was back at work pretty much the day after she got out of surgery. Wow. She is a champ. She's she sure like, is. She's kind of like, oh, I didn't, we don't have, I don't have, uh, you know, a lot of sick or vacation time. Uh, cause she's just started this relatively new job in April. So, um, time has not built up, you know, that uh, kind of okay. up yet. And I was like, look, you can take a day. Like we'll be okay. Like yeah. milk it. Uh, just but, a little uh, bit. It's okay. <laughs> Recover, Megan. It's okay. Uh, but she is very strong, and she's uh, and she's feeling much better now because um, a lot of that uh, happened about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and uh, so she's feeling a lot better now, and uh, still kind of has a little bit of sinus issues, but uh, I think you know she just um, everything's going great, so she's fine, out of danger. And, uh, so we did, uh, thank you to friends who like sent well wishes and all that stuff. And, um, some other friends that like brought food over and stuff like that. So that was helpful because, uh, dad was going crazy having to take care of of kids, but, uh, just, and, and the worry I imagine too. Yeah. So it's because we're foster parents, like it can be a little bit of a balance of like, cause I can't just drop my kids off. That's true too. Anywhere for any length of time. <laughs> so yeah. it's a little bit of a balancing act. Uh, and then also, you know, even taking the kids to see her in the hospital, like they're going to get bored after like, you know, 10 minutes or something. So yeah. that's, you know, so it was a balancing act and, um, but uh, yeah, it turned out okay. You know, she's doing better. She's doing she's doing good. She'll be fine. I'm sure in a couple of weeks she'll be back to herself. And I hope so. Yeah. All right. Uh enough about that. Let's get on to some ska news. Rude girls and rude boys too. Grab your friends and listen to what we're telling you. I saw you might have heard, but grab it, you're about to kiss me. Ska News. Yeah, that's right. Ska News time. Let's hear it, Matt. What you got, buddy? Uh, Ska News. I have first from uh, Death of Guitar Pop uh, on January 9th, uh, UK Ska Pan. Ska, Ska Pan. Ska Band Death of Guitar Pop released a new song called uh, Bosh It. Uh, and the new song is available on all streaming platforms. Let's listen to a clip right now. Here we go. Hello, you lovely, lovely people. Welcome to Essex. It's all our price, but twice as nice. This is our playground now. Let's go. Bosh! That's what us Essex boys say when things are going our way. We shout Bosh! Bosh! You can take the boy out of Essex, but you can't take the Essex out of the boy. Take the Essex at the boy from their pearly white teeth in Brentwood to Rayleigh's pink toothbrush in the disco. From the dog track down in Romford to the posh gas on Chigwell Road. Whether you like it or not, we're washing Essex till we die. Whether you like it or not, we're washing Essex till we die. Awesome. Awesome. So that was uh, uh, Death of Guitar Pop with their new song, Bosh It. RJ, what do you got? Uh, I got, uh, so last week, uh, my boy Alex from the Pomps and the rest of his boys, the Pomps, released a brand new single. It's off their upcoming album. The name of the album is Bottom of the Pomps. The name of the song is Heart Flipper, and it will be out on uh, Bad Time Records. So uh, take a listen.
man, I love that song. I love that song. I know it, it's very, for me, I, I hear a lot of XTC in that track, and, and me and Alex have talked at length about our uh, mutual fandom for uh, Andy Partridge and, and Colin from XTC. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's exactly what I expected, and I love it. Good old the pumps. Yeah, uh, I l- it's got a very new wave sound. Uh, and I think the pumps kind of have that new way sound. Yeah. Overall. Oh, yeah. Some, some new influence. But uh, yeah, I love it. Excited for the new record that comes out uh, February 17th. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, lastly, Ska Punk International announced on Monday, January 16th, uh, the lineup for their first ever festival. The fest will be held in Austin, Texas. On March 10th and 11th, the festival will feature uh, Sanumi. Uh, why can't I talk? Um, why can't I think of this name? Tsunami Bomb. Uh, tsunami. Gonna, tsunami Bomb. I'm going to take that again because I know it. Yeah. Um, the festival will feature Tsunami Bomb, the Toasters, the Littlest Man Band, Loser, Flying Raccoon Suit, Joystick, Hans Gruber and the Diehards, and so many more. Uh, visit spifest.org for tickets and more information, and I'll put put a link in the bio or in the show description. And uh, yeah, so that's that's a killer lineup. If you're anywhere near Austin, get your butt there. Yeah, I yeah, I'm definitely disappointed that uh, you know I don't live in Texas. I mean, I Matt, guess Matt, Matt, road overall, trip. Road trip. <laughs> Trust me, I I have a friend that lives in Austin, and uh, and I it has crossed my mind because <laughs> I was surprised tickets were relatively inexpensive. I think for both yeah. days it was fifty bucks. Yeah, that's a great price. Yeah, great price for all those bands for two days. And I don't know if there's if there's ins and outs. I'm like, well, I'm gonna go home and eat lunch and come. Back. <laughs> you know, Just I don't know. like Warp Tour where you pay like ten dollars for a hot dog halfway through the day. Yeah, that's kind of like what I loved about what I heard from what uh, uh, Fest is. Like it just. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you can just come and go, and you weren't if you got if you got the big Fest pass. Yeah. yeah. So that seemed like the most genius way to do a festival. Um, but, you know, people got to make that money. I get it. Um, all right. So we're going to jump into our interview. Um, before we jump into the interview, RJ, why don't you tell us a little bit about Eric and the Holophonics? Uh, so if you don't know the Holophonics, they originally out of uh, Texas. Uh, they are now split between Texas and New York. Uh, Eric Dano is the uh, mastermind behind the Holophonics, and we got to talk to him about their brand new album that just came out on Bad Dime Records back in December. It's called Lavos, and yeah, they they are a fantastic, fun ska punk band, and I can't wait for you all to hear uh, what Eric had to say about it. So first of all, Eric, welcome back to the show. You've been here before. It's so lovely to have you here again. Uh, and we're going to talk about the, the new Holophonics record. Woohoo! Yes, thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a pure pleasure. Uh, repeat guests. It always makes me happy. Uh, hopefully uh, the guests like it too, uh, as well as the audience. Yeah, I mean, I love it so much. This is actually my third podcast with y'all, even though the listeners only get to hear it as my second. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. Mask off, cards on the table. Uh, we we <laughs> the first part of this podcast has been re-recorded, and we got into what about fifteen great minutes of interview with Eric, and then something went haywire, and we lost everything. But uh, Matt's side, unfortunately. Um, so we're back. We're back. So it, if it seems a little rehearsed. Uh, it's because uh, we've made Eric say all this stuff before. <laughs> so first question up uh, again. Um, <laughs> uh, when did you start recording or working on Lavos? Uh, so we started working on it in 2017. And this is sort of the overriding theme of my creative life is that I'm constantly working through backlog. Uh, where I'm like maybe two or three projects ahead of what's currently being released. Um, so 
2017, as soon as I finished recording Phantom Arrival, I started working on Lavos, and then we released Phantom Arrival in 2018. Um, but I started with mostly the large form architecture of the album, sort of just the structure, the outline. And it wasn't until 2019 that I wrote the bulk of the lyrics. And towards the end of that year, started working on the specific musical material, finishing it in 2020. We recorded it in 2021. And right around the time of my first episode with y'all um, is when we had the record finished in the can. It's been almost a year and a half uh, that we were just sitting on this album, waiting to release it, which was honestly, it was agony, just waiting and waiting and waiting. But we had a good... Uh, thing lined up with bad time records and a good release plan so it was it was worth sticking around and sitting on it for a little while so yeah. when you say you you planned out this this large form of of the record um before you really started drilling down into it what what does that mean can you describe i guess i don't want to go all like song exploder on you but what is this process uh, sure. So uh, my songwriting style or my composition style is influenced a lot by uh, this composer that I really like, John Corigliano. I studied a lot of his works when I was in college uh, as a composition student. And the way that he described composing really resonated with me. And the way he sees it is uh, a very top-down view that he starts with architecture, the large ideas and what he wants to convey uh, and he'll work levels down subsequently until he gets to the finer details, to the actual musical notes and motives. Um, and that's how I operate, basically starting with the album level. Um, I mentioned that like I, I don't ever really write songs, individual songs. I'm always trying to write the album first, and uh, I'll start with like, the contour of the out like I, i'll plan out what i want tracks one two three to accomplish where i want it to go for four five six etc by the time we get to seven we're in reggae dub land or something like that uh and then come back to punk or hardcore at the end those are like the larger themes that i try to plan out with like tempos and style um and by the time i get to actual musical material I hopefully will have already planned out what I need to accomplish and how to best employ that musical material and what it, the answer should be fairly easy to find once once I know exactly what I need to accomplish in any given uh, detail spot. Mm. So when it comes to like recording the album, is all the music and lyrics like done and fleshed out and you just go and record what you've already figured out or is there sort of a creative process to when you sit down and record uh recording is a 100 technical experience for me um i am a huge fan of pre-production i will pre-produce the shit out of any any project i i i will spend months on pre-production because it just makes recording easier i mean i record so much we we were on a schedule of like two to four albums a year for the longest time it just we couldn't get hung up in the actual tracking process and my workflow had to be very efficient. So doing as much as I can in pre-production always makes everything else so much faster. Um, so for Lavos, uh, most of the actual writing I did away from the rest of the band because they were in Texas and I had just moved to New York. Uh, and I was basically demoing everything uh, myself and I had very fleshed out demos for the whole album uh wrote out sheet music and everything uh, for the rest of the guys we went down uh for a weekend in uh we had a practice studio booked in fort worth and we just rehearsed the whole album for three days uh figured out how it worked in the room with all all the musicians playing it together made a few changes i came back a month later uh, we rented an Airbnb for 10 days and we just tracked everything uh, in those 10 days. I took them all back to New York and I just mixed it in my parents' basement. And uh, the actual tracking to mixing to mastering process was really only about a month long. 
mm. and you know oh, wow. of course uh, across two two different states so yeah uh, <laughs> it was as efficient as i could have possibly made it well and in the end it turned out a damn fine record i do find uh interesting how you say you go about like kind of planning out the records because uh especially the case with this uh, latest album and phantom arrival like they flow incredibly great uh, and now that I know Thanks. it's not writing a bunch of songs and finding out the best track order later, that makes so much more sense on like the listening as a as a fan taking it in. Right. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people write songs that way. Um, and uh, I've, I've worked with a lot of artists um, as a producer uh, on their records. Uh, just hey, we'll record the best songs and, and see what makes it on the album. We'll figure out the order. And, you know, that works for some people. Uh, it's not how I operate. I'm just way more neurotic about everything. Uh, but yeah, I, there, there was there was one moment after the record was done uh, and and someone asked, like, hey, are you set on the track order? And <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I just died a little bit inside on that. Oh, no, they they don't. They don't understand what I what I tried to do. Oh no! Oh no! But yeah, I'm I'm very set on the track order. It's it's immovable. It is concrete. Um, and and you know, it it basically remained the same from beginning to end across five years. Um, the content of each track, you know, evolved and matured throughout that process. But uh, yeah, I I have that track order pretty set from the get go. Awesome. Um, okay. So um, maybe you kind of went over this a little bit because you actually, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of our first interview <laughs> tonight, but uh, so what does, uh, what does Lavos mean and how did it become the title of the record? Oh yes. Okay. So this was basically the first big idea that I had planned out back when I started working on this project in 2017. Uh, it's a Chrono Trigger reference, <laughs> which is, it's my favorite video game of all time. It's a JRPG for Super Nintendo from the nineties. And it's a, I guess you could say this is a concept album, uh, but I think people sort of have different notions for what a concept album means and I'm like, this album is definitely not about a video game from the nineties. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm sort of pulling references uh, in lyrics and imagery uh, just as basically an extended metaphor through which I, like to, I can filter my own experiences. Um, just, I, I find that kind of helpful as just an artistic device um, just to, to anchor it with some sort of point of reference whether it's something silly like a nineties video game or, 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 you know, something a little bit more thought out, but I, I love uh, that the music that game, and there's a few little musical references that I worked in uh, to the original score. And uh, I just, it, it has a, a real strong personal resonance for me. Um, it's I've been familiar with that game for like 30 years now. Oh my gosh. It's been out for almost thirty years, yeah. Um, so it's I, I had like a a little bit of like a like a shorthand with the material where it was easy for me to find little references that related to the story that I wanted to tell. Um, and I I think that most people aren't going to get a lot of those re references, and it's not really important. Um, but it was helpful to me just as uh as a songwriting process just as a little device that i could like come back to to anchor everything all together uh but yeah it, it's a it's a chrono trigger reference <laughs> awesome that's a game uh, i don't hear referenced that often so that's 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 awesome dude yeah didn't didn't they play robo's theme at the olympics recently in japan I mean, that's very possible. You'd have to watch the Olympics to know said things. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> I only just heard about it, but I think the opening ceremony, they played Robo's theme from Chrono Trigger uh, in some context. I don't oh, know. wow. I'm going to have to go look that up. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. So uh, I do. Okay. Before we get into playing a song, there's a, and I didn't sort of work this into a question specifically because I wasn't sure where to put it, but 
and this really isn't a question. I just, you can explain the line or you cannot and just take it as a compliment. But there's a line and I cannot remember what song it's in. Uh, and you can probably tell me, but there's a line about being a plot device in someone else's story. And I just want to say, I love that line because listening Thanks. to it, like it just clicked with me. Like I, without fully understanding your own, whatever that means to you, I, I instantly understood what it feels like to feel to me. It felt like a line about being used and about sort of being insignificant to your own purpose, but somehow you just feel someone used you to get from A to B or, or is using you and you don't feel significant in stuff. So I really like that line, like floored me listening to it. And uh, it's a really good line. Uh, so yeah, I just want to say that's an awesome line. And, Thank you. Uh, what song was it in? I cannot remember. The Enchiridion. Okay. And uh, yeah. Um, and you're right. Like listening to that album for me is like, like I can't, I'm not just going to listen to one track. Like all this stuff that you're talking about, like makes perfect sense. Cause I'm like, I mean, yeah, there are probably some songs you can pull out and just listen to, you know, I put them on a playlist, but for the most part, every time I listen to a song, like I do feel like I want to see the next thing or keep going, I guess. So, yeah. Thanks. I, yeah, I'm I'm kind of uh, having a bit of a tough time sometimes uh, explaining the album or showing the album to people because I don't think there's any one song that really functions well to represent what the album is, which uh, is it, tough because, you know, singles are more digestible, of course, and uh, it's hard to just tell someone, well, yeah, sit down and listen to the 40 minutes yeah, and then you'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Enchiridion, I think maybe if there was like a, a poppy single from the album, like that's probably the song, um, which is why I, I didn't want to like lead the album announcement with that song. Cause I, I thought it, I thought maybe it's like, it probably is the song that could stand out, stand alone the best. Uh, but I really wanted people to take the full album in like in context yeah. uh and i thought maybe just like introducing it with the one song that could function outside uh might be a little disingenuous um to the like the experience of hearing the whole album um i mean that's like just my weird artistic perspective on the whole thing uh but yeah i, I mean thank you for bringing that up because that that oh, man that i'm really touched that uh that you mentioned that because when i wrote that lyric i was like this could have been the best lyric I've ever written. Like, <laughs> it really is a good line. Yeah. Like, thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, the um, the reference there is actually to Adventure Time. Um, mm. I mean, I, I have my podcast on Adventure Time, uh, and I I found that uh, sort of the the lead uh, the main character syndrome that. Uh, like Finn and Jake from Adventure Time Experience, where they're just kind of like, like bull in a china shop kind of thing, just like messing around with other people's lives that they just like run through and destroy everything around them. Uh, like there are people that exist in that show that um, have to like reckon with the consequences of of the heroes, the main characters. Uh, and it's kind of funny in that context, but you know in it's still keeping in line with the like RPG hero's journey kind of idea that I'm trying to go with. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, I, I'm so happy that you got, you got all the things that I wanted people to get out of that. So I appreciate you saying that so much. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, it's definitely uh, my favorite line on the album. And uh, all right. So um, we're going to play a song uh, from the album. Uh, zero balance. Uh, what can you tell us about this song? Sure. Yeah, this wasn't a single uh, and I still really like it. I think it's a song that people should hear if they want to get a full picture of, of what we're doing. Um, it's, it's what track six on the album. So it's a little bit buried in there if you didn't make it all the way through, but um, this is maybe more for people who are into that RX bandits kind of side of ska. Um it's uh it's actually the 
last song that I finished writing for the record. So it's it's maybe the closest uh, representative of where I am currently, uh, considering writing the album was such a long process. So this was uh, basically the mental state that I ended up in at the end of all of it. Should I scream something different or just the same thing louder? Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, I've been a I've been a Hollow Fox fan for quite a while now. So I'm just I, listening to your uh, artistic growth. Uh, I think I was also that asshole back in the day that was always like, when are you going to do more original songs? Yeah, no, I appreciated that for sure. <laughs> and, and now now we're just like flooded with not only original songs, but freaking fantastic original songs from the Holophonics. And I thank you. part of me. I, I want you all to be known for those more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I figured it's going to take time for people to just even get the information that we're not a cover band that we're, that we're done doing covers. The thing that's frustrating is that the algorithm keeps pushing the covers to the front as like, like, like covers that were old, like eight, nine years ago are suddenly like bumping on our spotify like why how did that even happen we have a brand new record why (laughs) why is the nine-year-old cover song that you know i've recorded in a in a a random texas living room like why is that getting spotify plays now but yeah it's it this is this is the uh the frustration of of music on the internet um but i you know i'll I'll tell you i'm working on the next album of original music and uh it's it's going to be even further down this road that we've already started down <laughs> nice awesome uh well can't wait to hear it in two years <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well we might have it finished in two years but it's it's going to take so long to release it i know well, i know I'm, but i'll i'll probably put it on my patreon as soon as it's possible <laughs> Woo! sounds good for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i'm hoping i'm hoping vinyl will uh pick up and won't be such a tremendous like is the vinyl still are vinyl still taking like six to eight months to get out is that still sort of where we are with vinyls uh i think we can get it well it depends on where you're 
ordering from and yeah. what your quantity is. I think you're like standard, like 500 copy pressing is five to six months right now. Um, there are some places that are offering like super fast like economy, like whatever for, if you're just doing like a short run of like a hundred copies or something like that. Um, but you don't have like a, a lot of options for what you can do with, yeah. you know, packaging and, and colors and that kind of thing. Um, I am very much looking into all the details of this right now because I am about to start tracking my next solo record uh, next week, actually. And that will probably be released at the second half of this year. But I will be posting all that on my Patreon, too. Um yeah, I'm recording drums with Jack Good from Stop the Presses next week. Nice. Uh, yeah, he's he's doing drums for the whole record, and we're starting that process. So that's going to be fun. Sweet. So um, how did you all end up on Bad Time? What was that process like? How did you, did you like send it to Mike or did Mike reach out to you? How did that all go? Did you yeah, strong arm him? I, I just hit up Mike. I was like, hey, we got a new record. Uh, are you into this? <laughs> he was like, hell yeah, I am. So yeah, I was like, great, that's easy. <laughs> uh, no, I, I've known Mike for a little while. Um, we played a show with Kill Lincoln back in 2016, I think was the first time. Um, but I, I had been like bugging him like over Facebook Messenger, like trying to book a show out there for a, years before that. Um, so we had been in contact. And uh, yeah, I just sent him the record. I mean, I we finished it. We had it totally in the can. Uh, it was done and it was like, well, if anyone's going to put out this record, if anyone's going to put out a ska punk record, it's got to be bad time, right? Like this is really the only option. Uh, I, I know I didn't want to do it independently anymore. Like we've been doing that for, you know, it's been t 10 years now. Uh, so like, I think label is the right move and really there's only one label to go with so if mike doesn't want it i don't, I don't know but yeah he he was into it so <laughs> it if mike out. doesn't want it trash can it goes yeah i know right <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah well mike i'm really it. glad that that worked out because uh having that record out on that label it looks real nice yeah yeah and uh, to be honest with you, you totally like, I know, I know for a fact, a bunch of like, uh, you know, um, people who make lists of like favorite albums or best albums of the year in the ska community, ever, all of them were like, fuck, now I've got to reorganize the entire list. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Because it's what I felt <laughs> like, I was like. Like I tell you, Matt, I don't even like to think of best of the year lists until March. I want to sit with everything for a good yeah. three months. But then by then, nobody gives a shit. So yeah, nobody gives yeah. like, hey, and like, we don't. Oh, when, when people were starting their list at the end of November, I'm like, you dumbasses. You <laughs> dummy, dumb, dumb, dumbs. <laughs> yeah, I think every, I mean, I'm going to tell you, like, I think everyone thinks that like December is sort of like a month off from stuff. Because even yeah. though people will push stuff for like a couple of weeks in December, but most people traditionally think that like work is done, you know, in, in early December. Um, so usually, um, which, you know, when you think about it, actually is not true because I can tell you movies don't movies drop mo their biggest hits in the in December. Yeah. Sometimes so, on the day of Christmas. Yeah. So. Or that's when they want to, because for them, they know people are off and will yeah. go to theater. So that's sort of like that. But music yeah, it was it was tough having to wait until December. There were there were like a bunch of scheduled things like we had we had this. This is killing me. We had the Donkey Skong release planned in the spring and that got pushed back and stuff. And uh, I mean, we initially wanted to have it out by like October because um, because. Mike had said uh, he did a December release once. Uh, Bad Operation put out their record in December of 2020. And it was just such a nightmare from his perspective of having to ship all these records out in the middle of holiday uh, shopping and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, so he was like, yeah, we should try and get this out like earlier in the fall. Uh, but yeah, it, the schedule just didn't fall that way. Um, but yeah, it, it was a weird time. I think. I think people are just going to need time with this record anyway. So it, <laughs> it's, it's whatever. 
I mean, I it it uh it uh definitely made my list and I love it and uh you know, um yeah, I was definitely excited and definitely been listening to it a bunch. All right. This year uh, was just lousy with good ska too. Like I could have easily made a top 10 list and that's what Matt used to try to get me to do and I'm like, "No, just five. Just five, bro. Come on." And then yeah, this which, year is just we were spoiled with good music. Yeah, especially this year now that we have like three people that sort of host and have opinions on this show. <laughs> Here's on the upbeats top 30. And it's just like it's just <laughs> yeah, I would that would be too much, but it's too crazy. All right. Um, so what's it been like to play these new songs live? Because you said, you know, in December you were touring. Uh, did you get uh I know some of the tour was happening a little bit before the record came out. So have you had a chance to play? you know, a lot of the songs live. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is kind of the funny thing about having this record done for so long is like, we were playing these songs uh, over a year ago. Mm-hmm. We did shows uh, in Texas and Oklahoma in December of 2021. And we played like half of the new album at those shows. And people were just, I mean, they, it was, they're weird songs live. They <laughs> And people had never heard them before. Uh, so we were like, yeah, we're probably pushing our luck with this, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, cause I mean, we needed to practice, we needed to play them out. Uh, so we were playing them for over a year. We played them, uh, in the spring around the Sky by Sky West festival, uh, in Austin. We did some shows around that in, in like April of last year. Um, so I, I love playing these songs live, but some of them are pretty weird and i was asking a lot of our audience to just go with it <laughs> especially before the record came out we were doing shows like they had never heard these songs like yeah i mean bear with us for you know four minutes while we do some strange time signatures and you know lots of key changes and yeah. uh yeah hopefully it's not too weird here we go <laughs> and like count off on the china symbol or something like <laughs> Um, what is your favorite part? I know this may be sort of a loaded question or a hard question to answer, but what is your favorite part of being in a band? Is it the sort of writing, recording, producing end of the process? Is it playing live? Is it going to shows? Like, is it getting on a podcast with a bunch of goofy white boys in their (laughs) forties? Who messed up their? Are there other kinds of podcasts? (laughs) No. Mm. Nice. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. So I've I've always I've always been of the belief that my purpose, like my passion, I guess the thing that I'm most good at is to compose. Um, so that I guess that's that's where it all starts. But the thing is, is just composing the songs doesn't accomplish a whole lot like you have to follow it up with making the record and then playing the songs live so i i don't i don't know if like i would be able to say like my favorite part of it is composing but i think that's where everything starts for me that's like where um my training lies and just where i'm best suited uh but honestly like the whole process since like these are songs that that you know just didn't exist until i thought them into existing uh just being able to record and play uh on tour um and it, that's the other thing too is like i do all the recording myself uh so it's a very personal experience all the way through um and I, I would just say like whatever i'm doing in the moment is probably what i'm most wrapped up in um if if i'm writing then i've got my head down and i'm just writing 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 if i'm recording then i'm locked in the studio and that's all that's happening uh, and on tour, like, I mean, you're not really even, a, you can't, it's impossible to be doing anything else other than being on tour while, you know, while you're stuck in a van with five other guys. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's uh, probably got its origins in just straight composing. Uh, but I've been fortunate to be able to follow that process all the way through in in a in a pretty organized and straight line from beginning to end which is nice awesome so what does the future hold for the the holophonics this year uh what you got anything coming up in the next you know three to six months that you're excited for 
Uh, we will probably play shows in the summer, but I don't have details about that uh, yet. I probably won't for a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I would like to get the rest of the band up to uh, to the northeast and uh, do some shows where I actually live right now. Um, and there's a ton of awesome bands around here that I would love to play some shows with um, as the holophonics. But probably until then, I'm going to take a beat and just focus on uh, my solo stuff, um, get this new record I'm working on out the door. And uh, I've been playing some solo shows like just me, um, but I'm probably putting together a band and we're going to do some full band shows with my solo music uh, coming up this spring. So yeah, the holophonics, uh, we, you know, we're, we're still promoting this new record. It only came out a month ago at this point. Um, but no shows for a little while, uh, probably not until the summer. Awesome. Um, so, uh, you mentioned your Patreon, uh, where can people go to sort of check out your Patreon and, and learn more about your upcoming solo album? Yeah. Uh, patreon.com slash Eric Dano and, I've got the links on all my socials and everything. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty candid, I guess, about the recording process and and how everything's been shaping up with, with the solo music and we are starting tracking next week. Uh, so I'll be have having lots of updates on that album uh, probably over the course of the next couple months. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it'll be done in March. Um, I've got some, cool collaborations lined up uh, i mentioned that i have jack from stop the presses uh playing drums on the whole record um i i guess i haven't announced this but it's probably fine to say uh food from kill lincoln is uh he said he'd be playing some uh some saxophone on it for me nice um i have uh rj couple... phoenix on accordion yeah uh, sure oh, yeah if i could record something well enough to get on a dano record i i would i would lobby harder but right uh, i haven't even tuned that thing in 10 years yes <laughs> uh it's what punk needs more accordion that's what i'm saying yeah. does it <laughs> it does i said it so it does <laughs> my, my dad plays concertina oh nice it, it it's it can be a little grating yeah but he's not he's not very good so i mean that's a factor Oh, neither am I. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it would be good accordion. No, oh, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to let Eric down. I'm not. No, no, no. <laughs> He'll practice for a week and then get back to you. <laughs> but yeah, all that uh, sounds exciting. You know, I so will say uh, if you're at all curious, the the Eric's Patreon gets you a lot of fun content, a lot of interesting things. Um, yeah, so, I, I, I yeah. try to do as much as I can on there. Um, there is a secret project that I've been working on for years, and I am so close to to making it reality. And the the Patreon is where it's going to first be announced. Uh, maybe maybe like a couple months from now, I'll have something. I don't know. I, I shouldn't commit to that. It's it's been <laughs> in the works for a, a long time. It's a it's a very secret project. It's uh, very time intensive, but yeah, it's it's going to be on there. Can I can I make a guess what it is? And it's Absolutely. Just so I can be a dork. Uh, it is a ska band featuring sock puppets. That is that what it is? Uh, I ska I, band. I wish I was the one who thought of that idea because it's amazing. Uh, but I'm pretty sure someone else already did that. Oh, can I can I put it in my guess? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Dump Trump's Volume Two. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there. Okay. There is. Uh, no lack of political songs on my new solo album I'm working on. Uh, one, I'll give away a track title. Uh, Ooh, so yeah. the, whole, the whole album is witchcraft themed. Ooh. Uh, and track six, I think, is called Hex the Police. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Uh, before we head out, of course, we do have ska picks of the week. And uh, Eric, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? Uh, sure. So I'm going to go with the song Labor Day by Dissidente. And I've just been listening to this record a lot recently. I mean, I've been listening to it all year. It's such a good record. And if you're into heavy ska, ska core, I mean, the, I haven't heard a better ska core record than this 
maybe ever. I, I don't know, but it was the first uh, bad time release of 2022, and ours was the last. So I was like, let me go back and, and listen to, to everything that Bad Time did this year. And man, this Dissidente record is just so good. It's so oh, yeah. heavy. I, I can't stop listening to it. So yeah, Labor Day by Dissidente. That was a good pick. I, I will say that I am also a fan of that record and that band. Um, I was, for a while, I was worried that they they had stopped playing um, because I had their their EP, uh, and I loved the hell out of that little seven inch. And uh, it just seemed like almost out of nowhere at the beginning of 2022. They're like, "Here's a new single, new albums on the way." Bad yeah. times. I was like, "Whoa, killer!" Yep, <laughs> I, I do love that where everything from Bad Time is just. Oh, by the way, here's something amazing that you weren't expecting. Yeah. Like just <laughs> surprise after surprise. And they're all awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that, I, that was a great way to start last year. Yeah. I think the Pomps record this year, same, same deal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 100%. I'm so stoked for that. Oh, man. <laughs> absolutely new information to me today. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. So my Scott pick is... Uh, uh, from the readjusters off their new EP called together again. And the song is called, uh, JST. And, uh, let's take a listen. Okay. love the readjusters and uh i'm lucky enough to get to see them um at least a few times a year because they're out here in some oh areas. yeah they're more orange county based aren't they yeah yeah i think i've seen them once um but yeah 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 they're good and i believe that that ep is like kind of a compilation ep of like previously disparate tracks on various compilations uh, and they're like let's put them yeah. together and let's package yeah. them together Yes, exactly. And yeah, yeah, they took a few songs from other compilations that they had done and they re-recorded one of their uh, own songs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, they're awesome. I uh, I did some studio work for them. I uh, mastered some of their songs. Awesome. That's, that's great. That's the thing I, I can do. If anyone wants wants me to mix or master their tracks, you can just send them my way. Uh, gee, apparently, this show needs a better producer so we don't mess up uh, recording. Do you want to do that? <laughs> well, I I do have a full schedule of podcast editing on my plate already. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. Maybe uh, we can get Cool Chris to do it in between planning a ska festival <laughs> and, and editing uh, that other big ska podcast. I don't. Yeah, he's, he's he's he doesn't have enough to do. <laughs> on ska, I don't remember what that other show is called. Um, anyway, RJ, what is your ska pick of the week? So this is a band I actually discovered last night. Uh, I was putting together my weekly, uh, this is what came out last week in ska uh, article that I do every week. 
and this came out on Sunday night and they are the the finest and oldest active ska band out of Belgrade, Serbia. Uh, they're called Samos Telni uh, Referente, uh, and that means uh, the independent referees. Uh, they just put out this new album called Nikid Sam Uvik Sassi Sam. Uh, sorry, Uvik Sassim Sam. Uh, and that means never alone, always completely alone. This is their second album. It is the first album they've had out since 2011. And apparently they've been active for about 30 years. So they've been doing this since the 90s. Two albums like this. Even this album even caught their fans off guard. As a matter of fact, when I started digging into it, everyone's like, holy heck. Uh, so the name of the song is Muy Pesmi Muy Snowy. It's My Songs, My Dreams. And it is a song dedicated to the quasi elite, the fake Serbian jet set, the creators of beauty standards, masters of marketing, kitchen junk, controversial businessmen, tabloids, and all those other dicks riding bikes. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, like I, this was last minute me like finding what the song was about and like running the lyrics through a translator. Uh, and yeah, that, that what I read about what the song is about is on their band camp, like before the lyrics of each song, they put like what it's about. Uh, and uh, I just thought it like, this is a fun, cool song. And I was like, oh, this is like kind of a political anti-elitist song. Well, even better. <laughs> and the lyrics are kind of very sarcastic, like uh, from the point of view of that quasi elite person. So you, even if you know what they're saying, like, don't take it at face value. They are they are playing a character in the song. And it's yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I, there's a few songs over the years that like that are that I listen to that are sort of that sort of in that vein. Uh the pumps, I, especially, especially yeah. the uh alternate America EP. Yeah, yeah. If you oh. if you think those are the actual views of the band, listen closer. <laughs> so I'll be listening to stuff and there's uh, what always jumps to mind is this five iron frenzy song uh called Old West and the chorus is it it's written from it's about manifest destiny but it's written from sort of a point of view of like you know how america took land from the native americans and stuff like that so it's written from this very pro taking the land from the native americans standpoint and listen and you know the lyrics uh like the chorus are let's rape and kill and steal you know and it's like if you listen to it, it's like like I've played it in the car and the kids are like, what are we listening to? Dad. <laughs> Sarcastic. It's tongue in cheek. It's meant to mean the, okay. I can't. It's, it's the unreliable. It's the unreliable narrator. And uh, that's something I've really, I mean, I grew up listening to they might be giants. So that's, that's a, they mm -hmm. employ that trick lyrically constantly. And I'm like, you got to pay attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember context friend, here. Yeah. I remember uh, the, 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 the offspring had a song called one fine day. And it's sort of about uh, uh, a riot that happened after like a sporting event and they were sort of making fun of it, but it was told from a very sort of straightforward narrative. My friend was like, why are you listening to the song? It's talking about like setting cars on fire and that that's good. I'm like, Oh, you're not getting it. Like they're being sarcastic. They're anyway. All right. So enough about offspring talk. Uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, Eric, for joining us. Thank you for hanging out. We appreciate it. Thank you for sticking around through all our technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks so much for having me back. This is always fun. Yeah. We always a pleasure. It. And uh, love the new record. Mm -hmm. Can't wait for more. Hopefully, maybe. Holophonics make it out to Southern California somewhere over the. I mean, you actually were you. I, it's been, you know, uh, when were you out here? What? What? As uh, twenty twenty, right before COVID. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, so hopefully again, 
Yeah, I, I have sucked. Uh, I, I did see Holophonics on that tour. I did miss Eric coming through playing solo uh, one time through L.A., um, which I felt bad about. Uh, but I did see you play with a Root King once. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> take some, lose some. <laughs> well, thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, this evening. We appreciate it. Yeah. Listeners, thank you for listening and thank you for hanging out and uh, always listening to our show. We appreciate it. And until next time, keep listening to Ska. You've been listening to On The Upbeat. The On The Upbeat theme music is written and performed by Millington. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at Millington The Band. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at On The Upbeat Ska. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support On The Upbeat financially, visit www.ko-fi.com slash On The Upbeat. Thanks for listening and supporting On The Upbeat. Feel, feel free to like splice out any sound bites of mine and just like drop them in where they might feel appropriate. I'll give I'll, I'll give you a few samples like, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that band rocks. I love them. Bedtime Records is the best. Like, you can just like put those anywhere. They'll probably work. <laughs>